Welcome to Real Talk, discussions about sex and sexuality. Join your host, Ray, a former romance enhancement consultant who's currently pursuing a graduate degree in human sexuality, as she has discussions to create open minds and a safe space to discover and unpack new and existing points of view on topics of sex and sexuality. No topic is taboo or risque for this podcast. No guilt or shaming is allowed. Listen in. Stay tuned. Welcome. Hey, listeners. Welcome to episode six. In this episode, we're going to discuss a topic that may be familiar to many of us, if not all of us. Something that we might have heard once or twice or multiple times in our lifetime if we haven't used it ourselves. That age old excuse to get out of sex. That's right. That old, I got a headache tonight excuse. Yep, we're going to get into it. We're going to figure out, is it real? Is it okay to say I have a headache? And is it a myth? Can it be true? Is it something that is actually happening, leading up to orgasm, during orgasm, and after orgasm? Does this really happen? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, Real Talk listeners, we are back. And right now we're going to jump right into Ray's rant. So today's rant is about body shaming. So you may have heard of it as fat shaming. Or how about this? It's nothing more than bullying. It's not something that only our children are doing, teenagers in school or just out in the street. It's not something that you just see in a certain um ethnic group or a certain social group is happening everywhere to everyone all ages at all times and it's something that we need to stop so in case you are unaware of exactly what body shaming or fat shaming is I'm going to give you the Oxford in English dictionaries definition of it So their definition is body shaming is the act of humiliating a person based on their body type by making critical or mocking statements about their body shape or size. So it's pretty simple. But some people may think that if you say something about a person that is overweight or what we consider to be overweight and you're making jokes about them being fat, that that's body shaming and it can't apply to someone that is smaller, that is of a smaller frame, but that's not the case. So anyone that is ridiculed, talked about, made fun of because of their small size, big or small, That's body shaming, guys, and we have to stop it because it causes a lot of issues. It causes low self-esteem. It causes us to be very self-conscious about ourselves, poor self-concept. It keeps us from being able to move forward and being able to fulfill our dreams. Like It goes really deep for some people. Some people hold on to it. Some people have defense mechanisms with it like, oh, I ain't worried about that. Whatever, whatever. And that was my deal. So as a younger person, I was body shamed. But my character and the way that I am, I would laugh it off and I would use humor in order to mask when my feelings were hurt, when I was embarrassed or anything of that nature. But it kept me from 
being able to pursue the dreams that I had of wanting to model, to do anything that would put me in a spotlight, anything that would cause me to have to have attention put on me. I would have huge anxiety issues. And for the longest time, I thought, okay, I'm just shy. It's just being shy. But no, it wasn't being shy. It was the anxiety that was built up. And that partly came from body shaming. And a lot of times people don't even realize the damage that they're causing. So some of us that laugh it off and try to just deal with it and move on our way and about our business, it it could be causing an effect. So you got to be careful about the actions you take and the things that you're saying to people because you never know how you can impact another person by your words. And guys, that whole old adage of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a total bold-faced lie. Words can tear your ass to pieces. So before I go, I'm going to share these few bit of statistics with you. Um, now, this does have to do with teenagers. I found this information on a website called bullyingstatistics.org. You can go and look it up and look at other information. Get some information yourself on body and fat shaming. But about 95 I'm sorry, 94% of teenage girls have or will experience body shaming. And it's not just specific to girls. This happens with boys and men as well. So when it comes to teenage boys, they experience about 65%. Those are not low numbers, guys. And you got to remember, when our children are damaged, they grow up to be damaged adults. We got to stop it. So be positive, spread positive energy, accept people for who they are. Because most times, if you're honest with yourself, you want to be accepted for who you are, the things you want to do, the things you like, and all that good stuff. So that's my rant. All right, we'll be right back to jump right on into the topic. Hey listeners, welcome back. If you're listening in on the Anchor app, you were just listening to Jill Scott singing Talk To Me. So I hope you enjoyed that. But now we are ready to jump right on into the meat of it all, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So episode six is about sex and headaches. So the first thing I want to ask you all is, have you ever given an excuse or reason not to have sex with someone or has someone given one to you? So while you think about that for a second, because I know the answer is yes, but I'm going to let you just think on it for a little bit. Um, I want to share some information that I found as I was doing my research for the podcast through HuffingtonPost.com where they published 10 reasons people give to get out of having sex. So we're going to go over some of these and there's one that's probably common to all of us and it has everything to do with this podcast, but let's go ahead and go over these 10. So number one is too tired through all the hustle and bustle. It's just not enough energy left. Number two, having my period. So for those female bodies, those individuals who do have a period, That is often something that may halt any kind of sexual activity or at least any um, vaginal play or vaginal penetration. 
But there are some out there that will have sex during the menstrual cycle. So it's not an excuse or reason for everyone. Number three, getting up too early. I have to get up early in the morning to get myself together to go to work. So if I do it too late, I'm going to be tired. Blah, 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 blick, blue, blah, all of that. So that is number three for you. The number four, feeling nauseous or sick. So that's one of them things that, you know, you got to think about how, do, how am I supposed to take that? Is it me? Am I making you nauseous? Am I making you sick? What's going on? That might probably strike up a conversation. I know for me, if I heard that, I'd be wondering what was really going on. Is it me or is it you? Number five, too full after eating. If you know you about to get it in. Then you go out and you eat. I'm looking at you like, uh, sir. So you still going to be able to handle business after you done gobble down all that food? That's the thought that's going on in my mind. But we think differently. We do things differently. We give passes. We accept things. And sometimes somebody might be still ready to go. And that's their way of working off those calories. So you never know. Just know that that is something that's on the top 10. Number six, bloating. So it kind of falls in line with that, but also bloating from PMS, premenstrual syndrome. So that can be an issue. Then number seven, getting sick, catching a cold, having a sore throat, just kind of feeling achy. So yeah, that's pretty legitimate and, you know, a good reason, um, but here here it is. It's number seven on the list. Then number eight, a yeast infection. So women get yeast infections. Uh, bodies with vaginas get yeast infections. We have our own yeast that uh, grows inside of us and sometimes it becomes overactive. Our pH balance is off and it happens. It's one of those things that happen. Now, it is highly suggested that during that time of treating a yeast infection or when you have a yeast infection, not to continue to have vaginal sex because you will not do anything but continue to move the yeast back and forth inside of the vagina. So you want to allow it to... Um, get back onto its regular pH balance, whether it's some natural remedy or something given by prescription through a doctor. Um, then number nine, just took a shower. Um, so that can be taken two ways. You just took a shower, so you don't want to get yourself messed up or dirty or wet or um, soiled, anything. And that could be the reason why... Um, you're saying that you are not able to have sex at that moment. But in other terms, just taking a shower can be a very good thing. It's often a very good thing. But here we are to number 10. The excuse or reason that has been given for a long, long time. One that we probably have used ourselves. One that we have probably heard ourselves, heard someone talking about. One way or another, this one probably is no mystery to us. So the age-old excuse for not having sex, I have a headache. So it is it a myth? 
is the I have a headache excuse just something to say to get out of sex? Or is it something that could really be an issue during, before, and after sex? Well, that's what we're going to get into today in this episode. So when we think about headaches, we think about the common headaches that we hear of, the tension headache. Um, And actually, there are a number of headaches that fall under tension headaches, but we categorize them out by themselves. So I'll just name the tension headache, the migraine headache, cluster headaches, headaches that come along with our blood pressure. So when our blood pressure is elevated, it's it could cause us to get a headache and then hormonal headaches or sinus headaches. So those are just a handful. But. When you have a headache that is associated with sex, yes, it can happen. That is the very first thing I want you to know that yes, it very well can happen. It can happen during sex. It can happen leading up to orgasm and it can happen at the peak of orgasm and linger after you have had the orgasm. It can also happen in men and women. So... That is something to know that it's not a myth. This can really happen. Maybe the person that has said that they have a headache or maybe the person that is using that excuse has experienced this type of headache that we're going to specifically speak about and they know what it feels like. So they're kind of shying away from it. But it's one of those things that we just got to talk about. So... The headache that I want to mention, which is fairly uncommon, you don't hear a lot of, and you may not have heard about this type of headache before outside of someone saying, I have a headache, or they want to stop sex because they have a headache. But any kind of headaches that are dealing with sexual headaches during sexual activity, there are only two, but they're called thunderclap headaches. So thunderclap headaches, they will strike just like a clap of thunder. So just like you hear that boom in the sky really quickly, quickly, like it comes out of nowhere. That's exactly how this headache hits. And then there may or there may not be a cause for it. Um, So when we're looking at the thunderclap headache, another thing to know is that that headache type of headache can peak within 60 seconds. So in a matter of seconds, maybe not even within that full 60, but within a matter of seconds, you could get this particular type of headache. And I'll tell you what to expect, what to look for, things of that nature. So you'll know if this is the type of headache you're experiencing. Also, um... These thunderclap or uh, orgasmic headaches can actually be accompanied by nausea and vomiting, and they may be symptoms or signs of something else. So it's very important that you do talk about it. It's very important that you go see your doctor and not just look at it as, oh, it happened. I shouldn't worry about it. Headaches are normal. Always listen to your body. Anytime you have any kind of pain in your body, your body is speaking to you. So we should listen. And even if it's a matter of calling 
um, a health line to find out what may be going on. Try not to look on the internet because when we self-diagnose, we have ourselves ready for our deathbed and it may not be nothing nearly as bad as that. But when you're looking at thunderclap headaches or any kind of headaches, it's something that should be talked about with the doctor and should be looked at. So with that being said, with the thunderclap headaches, they could be um, like a secondary symptom. For, um, they could be symptoms for secondary, for primary problems, the secondary problems. So um, generally it's, there's something else going on or it's just a matter of having the headache. But some of the things that can be potentially life-threatening, which is very important to know, which is why I stress that it's something that you should talk to your doctor about. You should go and see what is going on because it could be a sign of ruptured blood vessels in the brain or a tear in the lining of the artery that supplies the blood to the brain. It could be a sign of infection such as meningitis or encephalitis. And like those things are deadly. Um, it could be a sign of a blood clot in the, in the brain. It could also be the sign of an ischemic stroke. So you want to be very careful. And again, go check it out. Definitely go check it out. Do not leave it uncovered, unapproached, um, unscathed. You want to get it checked out. Um, so now we're going to look at the two types of sexual types of headaches, uh, which I actually mentioned thunderclap is the name for them, but there are two types of them. So the first type is a sexual benign headache. And that comes from the excitement that causes the muscles, the excitement during sex that causes the muscles to contract in the head and the neck, which actually lead to the headache itself. And then the sec one, second one is called either a vascular headache or an orgasmic headache. And if you hear people talk about it, um, especially someone that's not in the medical field, you'll more than likely hear them to say, hear them say, I had a headache, had a headache when I was having an orgasm, or I had an orgasmic headache. And those type of headaches are a response to the increased blood pressure that is building when the blood vessels dilate. And whenever there is movement, when you're having this type of headache, it is worse. The pain gets worse. So that's one way just to keep in mind the difference between the benign headache and the orgasmic headache. If you have that headache and it hurts more to move, to roll over, to shut your eyes, to open your eyes, if it causes more pain, then it is a good possibility that it's an orgasmic headache. Headaches with orgasm, which again is the orgasmic headache, they could be, just as I was saying, a symptom of something else, something big, something major, something that could very well be life-threatening or even life-altering. So um, when you have the stiffness with the neck and you have it, that could indicate that there is some bleeding into the spine along with whatever may be going on in the brain. So again, please, 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 if you experience this type of headache, 
although we joke and we laugh about the whole uh, excuse of saying I have a headache to get out of sex, this can be something that is very serious and that is not really talked about because people are unaware. One of those reasons that people are unaware to even know that this is a thing, but please believe that it is a thing. So with benign orgasm, this happens more so in men. And one of my thoughts about that is I wonder, is the research showing that more men will suffer the benign sexual headaches versus women? Is it because men may be more comfortable talking to their doctors or talking to someone about this? So it's just reported more, not necessarily that it happens more. But hey, that's what the research says. And until we get some more research and it looks at that particular type of variable, we will never know. Um, The other thing that is important to know is that if you are a migraine sufferer, it is a good chance that you can also experience one or the other of these headaches at some point in your lifetime. Now, and that information came from the National Headache Foundation. So you can find them at headaches.org and you can go ahead and just peruse their site. That information would be found under the sexual benign headaches. So it speaks on both of them. So now I want to share with you that these headaches can happen one time and you never happen again. Or it may never happen again. Or it could happen in clusters where it happens multiple times for multiple reasons during multiple acts. So it can be through intercourse. It can be through anything that is sexually stimulating that is getting those um, those hormones going that when you reach orgasm, those same properties are happening inside of you and the contractions and the heart rate going up. Anything that builds that type of arousal and gets you to that point can potentially cause that orgasmic headache if you're having an orgasm. So um, just to reiterate the difference between the sexual benign headache and the orgasmic headache, the sexual benign headache happens as an increase in the sexual excitement that causes the muscles to contract in the head and neck. So just remember, if it's during sex, the muscles are contracting your head and neck and you're feeling a a pain uh, that's kind of like really nagging and overwhelming but it's in the the neck and then it moves up to your head that would be considered the sexual benign headache the orgasmic headache on the other hand it happens when there's a spike in the blood pressure during any kind of sex play where you're being stimulated and aroused and you are reaching the point of orgasm and it causes that actual spike in blood pressure causes the blood vessels to dilate. And again, if there is movement during the time you're having this type of headache, then it's going to be very painful. So it's very um, important that you understand that that is what's happening. Now that you have this information, that 
if you're feeling any kind of way, just be mindful that movement can increase that pain for you, which can be very, very extremely bad. Um, so now we're going to talk about um, some treatment. So when we are looking at treating um, an orgasmic headache or um, a benign sexual headache, it kind of depends on what the cause of it is. So if you have it at home and you don't know what the cause is, you've never had it before and you just want to do something to try to get rid of that pain, it's a good chance that you can use um, regular pain relievers to ease the symptoms that you're having. So Advil and Aleve, Motrin, um, Excedrin tension, Excedrin migraine. Um, one of the things that I use, um, I do suffer from migraines. So I have migraine medication. However, sometimes I don't use that medication because if I take it after I already have a headache, have a headache it's not going to work. So one of the things that was shared with me when I was in the emergency room one day, um, very, very sick with a terrible, terrible headache. And no, it wasn't the orgasmic headache, but I have had one. Actually, I've had three that I'll share with you in a moment. Um, the nurse at the time explained to me that I would be able to take a combination of Excedra migraine and Aleve that should help with my headache. And I wouldn't be risking overdosing because they reach different pain centers in the brain. Now, take my words just as those words. I am not a medical professional. I have not done any research to say, well, yes, I know this is what this does, A, B, and C for this population, this age range, and none of that. I have none of that for you. I'm telling you what was told to me what worked for me, and maybe if it worked for me, it may work for someone else. I don't know, but I want to share that information. So I would suggest that if you do experience this pain, take whatever you normally take for a headache, see your doctor. So pretty much that's all you can do is use that over-the-counter medication to kind of alleviate the pain. So then when we look at diagnosis, how are doctors going to find this out if we're not having a headache? That was one of the concerns I had. Um, as I just mentioned, I have experienced three orgasmic headaches and they weren't benign. They were the full-blown orgasmic headache. And when I went to my neurologist, um, I just, just went out and told them, so... I was masturbating, and as I was reaching orgasm and orgasming, I got an extremely bad headache, and it was crucial, the worst headache that I've ever had, and I'm a migraine sufferer. So, um, I explained how this, the other two went, and went from there, and just explained, so initially, he said, well, if you have another one, give us a call back. My thought at the time was, okay, well, hopefully it won't still be going on because it's a good chance I'm going to have this headache when I'm doing what I do after your hours of operation. 
So it kind of bothered me somewhat, but um, when I had this this headache the second time, the headache, which was three days later, later than the first time, it lingered for a few days. And when I went to the neurologist, my blood pressure was up. It was like 177 over 41, something in that ballpark, which is extremely high for me way 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 too high and I was feeling really really bad so I um told the doctor again explained what was happening the neurologist not neurologist had nothing to say about my pressure being so high so I was kind of concerned about that but I felt if I don't feel any better the next day because maybe if he's not concerned I shouldn't be so concerned but if I don't feel better the next day, I'll go and see my primary care doctor, which is what I did. My primary care doctor took my blood pressure that morning. It was 197 over 144. She immediately wrote me um, a referral to get an MRI done of my neck and my brain. She initially thought that it was... Um, an aneurysm so she wanted to check to see what was going on she was very concerned and bothered by the fact that my neurologist wasn't concerned about my blood pressure being so high but he that was my first time seeing him so he had no history on me other than me telling him from my own mouth this is not normal for me but anyway got the results back everything was fine so I had not had the headaches but I must admit I was a bit nervous about having any kind of sexual contact whether it was me by myself it was using a toy whether it was with someone else I was afraid of that pain because when it happened it was so extreme and so painful and what I like to um use as an analogy for anyone that is familiar or like horseradish or maybe even wasabi just plain wasabi if you eat it and it hits the back of your head that that pain that surge of pain that just hits the back of your head and oh it is is bad it's bad so um i also instead of just giving you my story I was hoping that I would be able to find someone else that could actually sit in on the podcast with me to have this conversation, but I couldn't. But when I had my first episode with the orgasmic headache, I went online because I was like, this is crazy. What is happening to me? It was just really bad. And my head was hurting. I was crying and all of that. So I went and I looked and I found a young lady who explained it the very way that I had it. Like I didn't even know how to put words to it because it was so crucial, so unexpected and again, just crazy. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of her video. She's on YouTube. Her name on YouTube is Her Confessions. She recorded this back on March 21st of 2017 and it's called Story Time: Headaches and Orgasms, Scariest Time of My Life. Now just to give you a little bit of information on this woman because for me when I look at stuff, if the person doesn't apply to me like if they don't have anything that's very similar to me, then the biology itself it is just off and at that point, it's just something for me to listen to. 
but I want to give you information. So if this sounds like something you've dealt with and she sounds like someone who may be familiar and you're like, hey, I felt that and I felt this and we're about the same age. We're doing the same thing. These are also things that you would need to mention with your healthcare provider. But the young lady, she's 30 years old. She's an African-American woman. She just got over being sick. She had stated that she thought she had either a bad cold or the flu. And about two days later from, I'm sorry, right after she started to feel better, she started her birth control, which was the NuvaRing. She initially had her first um, orgasmic headache. So she thought it may have been some kind of connection between the Nuva ring and her having the headache. So she removed the ring, but then it happened again. And she actually dealt with this going on for about a month and a half before she actually went to the doctor, but she went to her, um, to the ER because I believe she said it was close to, or right after Valentine's day. And She just had to get it out because she was an avid masturbator. And I like um, what she says, which is why I'm starting it at the point that I'm starting it at, is that it's a natural thing to do. And that was something that she did on a daily basis or very frequently. So to not be able to do it was like losing a part of herself. Um So those are the things that I wanted to let you know. So I'm going to let you listen to this for a few moments and then we'll come right back and begin to wrap this up. You know what I mean? Like this is a natural thing of part of life. Like (laughs) just have to. So that day was before my son came home from school. And I was like, man, I got to get this out. So I'm starting, you know what I mean? I'm getting it and doing it. And I'm starting to get there again. I started feeling this pain again in the back of my neck and going up to my head. So, um, I was like, man, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to get this out. <laughs> I need to get this out. <laughs> so, I went ahead. I finished. But when I was, like, when I finished, I mean, I couldn't even enjoy it at all. Like, I didn't feel no enjoyment out of this out of that orgasm at all whatsoever like all i felt was pain all i know is my head was like throbbing 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 like it was like boom 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 like it was so fucking bad that i, I like fell like i collapsed and i was on my bed and i was trying to cry like i was trying to cry and it was like the pressure from just trying to cry and the pressure from what i just did was so intense like I couldn't even cry I couldn't move I couldn't walk I couldn't open my eyes I couldn't do nothing so anyway um all right so yeah so that was her confessions giving her description of when she had an orgasmic headache after having a few of them and she did have a period where she wasn't doing anything because of these headaches and decided to try it again That's actually the same way I did. The first two, the first one happened on like a Wednesday. The second one happened on a Friday night of that same week. And I was extremely afraid to do anything else between the time that I actually saw the doctor and got the MRI done. So it it wasn't quite a month and a half, but it was probably about four weeks, three to four weeks before trying it again and I had another one so then after that 
um, there was probably about a month and a half to two months after that before trying to have sex again. But thankfully, nothing came back on the MRI. It was clean. And thankfully, I have not had that issue again. And that was January 2017 of this year. So, folks, I hope you have gotten some good information on this podcast. It may not have been one that will... um, have you smiling and feeling all warm and fuzzy on the inside, but it's information that we need to know about the things that we're doing in our lives. And I want you all to be safe. I want you to be healthy. And this is something that is not really talked about. You don't see commercials about it. You don't see it just posted up anywhere. So I wanted to be able to get this information out and I hope you learned something from it. So again, Don't be afraid to have conversations. Talk about it. If you have a headache, listen, I have this headache and this is what's happening. This is why I don't want to do anything right now. And kind of change the the pattern, change the, the climate of the conversation so that the other person knows what's going on. But also don't be afraid to talk to your healthcare providers. They can't help you unless they know exactly what's going on. So... We'll be right back to wrap this thing up. Hey, thank you so much for sticking in there with me. Thank you for tuning in to Real Talk, discussions about sex and sexuality, and this topic on sex and headaches. So I just want to remind you all that your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, any questions that you have, any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to send that in. You can email me at realtalkthepodcast at yahoo.com. If you're listening in on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a message for me on the app itself. If you want the episode, if you want the message to be played in a later episode, or if you want to reference a specific episode, please feel free to do so. Make sure you state what the episode number was, what the topic was, and then whatever comment you may have. If you have a question, it It'll be very helpful if you state what the question is, and we'll use that on the podcast. If you're sending an email, I do want to let you know, please let me know if you want your name, your email name to be left as anonymous, or if it's okay to say it. If it does not state that it's in, in, mm, excuse me, if it does not state in the email, that you want to be left anonymous, I will read out um, whatever name is there in the email. So I just want you to be aware of that. So um, there's not much going on and I'm actually considering changing up things on the Facebook page. But if you are looking to follow me on Facebook and see when a new episode is released if you have not subscribed and I I um, ask that you do subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to but if you do not get information 
through a subscription for whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to join the Facebook group, it is under Ray, R-A-E, last name Sean, S-H-A-U-N. And the episodes will be posted there so you can catch them when they become available. So I thank you again for joining me. I hope you return to come back for future episodes. And until then, be good.